Well, hello and welcome to the Hey Mama podcast. We are so glad you guys are here today and joining us on this bright, sunny day. We are so excited about our guest today, you guys. She is an incredible, incredible resource. And we talked from everything from just kind of breastfeeding 101 to bottle feeding and pumping, and then maybe what weaning might look like. We also kind of went down the path of what it looks like to be prepared when it comes to breastfeeding and coming just like you would and doing a pregnancy course, right? For labor, just doing the same thing and having that same perspective of learning when it comes to breastfeeding, being prepared. And that was her number one tip she kept coming back to was to really seek out um, support with a lactation consultant yeah. prenatally and to set up yeah. one. And it's so cool because she even talked about that's something that a lot of mamas now are doing, like we've talked about, just within uh, having their like baby shower is adding that in for their registry of, okay, lactation consultant, chiropractor care. So just kind of doing these different holistic things uh, before something happens, right? So it's just so nice to kind of have your foundation and then go forward of like, okay, I actually had the tools to use. So yeah. Yeah. We love chatting with Ashley Shapiro. She is a board certified lactation consultant. She went through her own journey when her daughter was six weeks old, discovered that her daughter had a lip and tongue restriction, which then um, led her to her incredible IBCLC that changed her life and changed the trajectory. She's also a registered nurse and has worked in the labor delivery unit and the mother baby unit. And she, you guys, it was so fun as a mama, as a IBCLC, as a nurse and her perspectives and just this conversation. We learned so much and we hope you guys enjoy it. So let's get to it. Welcome to the Hey Mama podcast. We're your hosts, Tessa and Shayna. We are sisters, mothers, and doulas and are passionate about living an intentional life and all things motherhood. This podcast exists to create community as we learn how to delight in motherhood together. Join us weekly as we chat with women about anything and everything from non-toxic living to women's health to feeding our families and our favorite topic of all, birth. We are so glad you're here. Please keep in mind the views of our guests may not necessarily reflect our own and vice versa. This is not medical advice. We always encourage you to do your own research and make an informed decision. Let's get to it. Well, welcome, welcome, welcome. We are so happy you guys are joining us today. We are stoked about our guest, Ashley. She is joining us from Orange County, and we cannot wait to hear just a little bit more about her and just kind of what she does and who she works with. So Ashley, if you wouldn't mind introducing yourself, we would love that. Yeah, thank you both for having me. I'm so excited to be here. This is my first podcast, so it's super special. I'm excited. Um, I'm Ashley Shapiro. I am the owner of Ashley Shapiro Lactation. I am an international board-certified lactation consultant. Um, I'm also a nurse. I've been a nurse for 10 years and most recently working on postpartum and labor and delivery. Um, but my most important role is I'm a mom. So I really struggled with breastfeeding my daughter five years ago. Um, and she is really what fueled me to become a lactation consultant because I was like, I never want anyone to struggle like I did. And there was really not a lot of support back then. Nowadays, you you know, you see lactation consultants everywhere. But um, she's really what, you know, pushed me to become a lactation consultant. 
That is beautiful. And I think that's so cool. Like we'll talk about that too, like as moms or parents, you know, in general, our kids kind of are that driving force behind maybe a change or a shift or an awareness to something. And I just think that's so beautiful and how it changes our perspective and maybe our trajectory. And so exactly for you of like that kind of driving force is so neat. And yeah, support and lactation consultants are amazing. So on that kind of vein, what our first question would be, what would be like five things you want our listeners to know as like the things that you wish a mama knew entering her breastfeeding journey? So those top five, whatever they may be, tips, tricks, anything. For sure. Mm -hmm. Um, so the first one I would recommend is book a prenatal. So if your goal is to breastfeed, you want a hundred percent breastfeed, book a prenatal and figure out what, what breastfeeding even entails. What's the responsibility, Mm -hmm. how often you're doing it. Um, I think just educating before the baby arrives, you learn so much. So if you can prepare for something that you really want to do, that's like my number one. Um, my second one would be like, don't get caught up on all the extra like gadgets out there, right? Like the biggest thing you need are your boobs and maybe like a breast friend pillow. Um, yep. So don't get so hung up on like the boppy and all the other things because um, you really don't need it. I mean, to breastfeed, you need your boobs. So as long as you got those, you're in good shape. Um, <laughs> I guess the third tip I would say is breastfeeding shouldn't hurt, even pumping. So like, let's say you're pumping, for example, you choose that pathway. Um, it shouldn't hurt. So if it's hurting, reach out, get help, know that that's not normal. Um, what else? Oh, the biggest tip, I love sharing this one with all my moms, um, is it doesn't have to be all or nothing. So if you want to do a combination or if you want to breastfeed, um, you know, during the day and bottle feed or pump at night, whatever, you can do that. Um, I always like to remind moms that they're in one teaspoon, there's 3 million living cells. So even if you can't breastfeed for whatever reason, if you could, you know, get one teaspoon a day, I say one teaspoon a day keeps the doctor away. (laughs) Um, But just know that, you know, you can remove the pressure. Um, I think we're in like such a world where everybody's like, I'm breastfeeding, what are you doing? And it doesn't really matter what you're doing, you're feeding your baby and you're providing that nourishment for them, whether it's through the breast or bottle. Um, So really don't stress about that. And then the last tip would be that most insurance companies actually work with lactation consultants. So if you have a PPO insurance plan, get the help, get the coverage. It's free, Um, especially if you want to breastfeed, get that help before the baby arrives. And that that's so, so useful because that I think just today, even especially with the mamas that we work with, it's like they don't know until it's a problem right? Until something's hurting them until they're wanting to give up. Right. And then that's when they're seeking out like, well, what even is a, you know, lactation consultant? What, Oh, excuse me. If you guys heard that church is letting himself be known this, this afternoon. He's like, I'm here ladies. Church is here. (laughs) Um, And if you didn't hear, he's just pooping in his pants. But yeah, just kind of like that not that it's, oh, they reach out when it's too late. They reach out when there's a big problem or they're at their tipping point or they, you know, they find out, oh, there, maybe their baby has a restriction. And then now they've had nipple damage. And then they're like, what do I do? And they're in the midst of, you know, bleeding and, you know, breast milk all over them. And then they're like desperate, right? So just 
coming with it like okay just like anything like you're gonna take your pregnancy course right in your labor and birth course yes look at pre- like prenatally look at breastfeeding in the same way of just preparation so i really really like that too yeah uh, yeah yeah and just definitely the, a good point and just the stuff like we we say it all the time if mama is good baby is gonna be good like that's just so setting mama up exactly said you just need boobs and we love the good breast friend because that thing is a table ladies okay it's not as cute as the snuggle me moon and all those other things but it's not those things don't work as it's well it's really um, not yeah. <laughs> Just cinch it to you as tight as you yeah. want, as high as you want it. It's just a shell. It's, it's underneath incredible. those boobs. You can have your coffee on there. Anyways, <laughs> but just that simplicity of like coming back to being educated and then also you don't need, as in anything with like putting, building a registry, we always encourage like add services, add a postpartum doula, add a birth doula, add a lactation consultant um, instead of another bottle, another cute outfit because the baby just needs you. And if you're good and that. if you're set up, then baby is going to thrive and be perfect. They just need a diaper and a onesie. Yep. If that. Yeah. yeah. Elimination, yeah. you know. For but sure. even a lot what of people you said are doing that too. Oh, sorry, go ahead. A lot of people are doing no, that with like consults. They're like purchasing um like prenatals for their friends. I'm like, I love this. Like you are such a good yes. friend. So, um so yeah. if we could make that a more regular thing. <laughs> Exactly. Right? It's amazing. Priorities. It's so cool. Yeah. Like you don't need the cutest blanket. Nobody's gonna care what kind of blanket you have. Yeah. Nope. And you will get 17 swaddles no matter what. So yeah. <laughs> you know that they're gonna for sure. come. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> don't ask for them. <laughs> yeah. I think the other really good thing you said was just the fact that it can be a combination. So just kind of taking away that pressure of like, I have to breastfeed, or you know, like it could be it could be breastfeeding, it could be bottle feeding, it could be breastfeeding and formula feeding. Like you do have options and it's going to come down to what that mama needs. Um, and then with the baby, so it's just so cool to like kind of take off the pressure, but still knowing, yes, you can receive support even when you want to do these combinations and probably even more so to kind of help have a game plan. So I think that's lovely and amazing that you said that, but what right now are you seeing like kind of maybe just your biggest demographic or not demographic, but reason that a mama might be coming in to see you recently is like, are you seeing any kind of trend? Is it all forward? But yeah, I mean, it's really the biggest two. I would say it's probably like painful latch and low milk supply. Um, those are typically the two I see the most, but it depends on the mm-hmm. situation, right? Like, mm-hmm. is mom does she have like insufficient glandular tissue? Um, is it due to a tongue tie, which was, is a whole other topic we could talk about right. forever. <laughs> so I won't get yes. into that. Um, but usually it's painful latch. And again, breastfeeding shouldn't hurt. It should be something that you can enjoy and like want to breastfeed. So if you're having pain or you're stressing to build your supply, right? Those are all things I kind of help with. So I've seen a lot of that lately. Awesome. Awesome. So helpful. I'm going to say too, and just we we were just speaking recently um we had her on with um another just a tongue tie uh, specialist and just talking about just kind of the world of like you know whether it's an uprising tongue ties or an awareness too and just kind of those things that i'm sure that is really coming into play a lot for you uh right now as well yeah yeah for sure and i you know i think the awareness is totally there where we have like social media so everybody knows everything about everybody's lives and everybody's sharing where before I don't think they knew 
And I think now they're finding research, right, that, you know, it can lead to all these different things. Um, so I think, you know, for a while there, it was scary. It was either like, you have a tongue tie, you have to go get it fixed. Where I think maybe mm-hmm. now people are learning that there's other ways to deal with it. Um, you don't always have to yeah. run to get a revision right away, right? There's things we can do before. So I see a lot of that too. Um, just because I practice a little bit more holistically. So I feel like that community kind of tends to come to see me to yeah. see what we can do, how we can help the baby before um, and like getting the supply up, right? That's a whole nother stressor on top of whatever else they're dealing with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's huge. That's huge. What are some things you encourage for, and I know this isn't like, she's not giving advice. <laughs> You're not giving advice to anyone, but what are some things that like you encourage in those situations for a mama that maybe it is like a, a dip because of oral restriction or something else going on? Do you just like encourage feeding on yeah. demand or? Definitely keep feeding on demand, right? We want to keep bringing the, the baby to the breast as much as possible, but also mm-hmm. protecting the supply. So depending on what the mom wants to do is kind of what we have to respect. So Um, typically if it involves like a three-step, which is literally so difficult because you're asking the mom to breastfeed this baby full time. And now you're asking them to pump, especially Mm -hmm. those first two weeks when they're feeding like 10 or more times in a day. Um, so it can be a lot mentally. And then you're Mm -hmm. asking them to now pump and, you know, that plays a huge factor on your mental health. So, um, usually I just like to see where they're at and meet them at their level. So not giving any advice, but if it was a mom who was 100% breastfeeding, wanted to breastfeed, the baby had a tongue tie, I would say to offer the breasts and see how that goes. If the baby's absolutely not having it, then she pumps and we work on latching mm-hmm. post revision or whatever route she ends up going with. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's overwhelming. Support is key. Like if you're listening and you're going through something like this and you know that there's something not right, that mama intuition, like reach out. There's so many people that want to help and come alongside you. So you're not alone. But I love those tips, Ashley. Those are helpful. And we we kind of thought it'd be nice to kind of just dive in a little bit into pumping and bottle feeding just because that's not um, a lot of topics right now on podcasts, you know, kind of in this world. It was like talking about actual bottle feeding and pumping because that is again besides breastfeeding itself it's a whole nother like language half the time of like learning okay how often am I pumping what how do I pump am I doing you know the spectra blah 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 blah. what's the right pump all these different things what's the right bottle so we yes. you know we definitely all have um, opinions on those things and I'm sure you have even more of an opinion on those things but we just yeah. do you mind diving into this side, a little bit of pumping and bottle feeding? yeah For sure. Let's talk about it. Um, So typically, like if everything's going well, they're breastfeeding fine. I usually say like four to six weeks, really establish breastfeeding and then, you know, see where that takes you. Um, Also, it depends on the situation, right? If a mom's like going back to work after six weeks, then that timeline's going to change. So um, typically, I say establish it for as long as you can. And then around four to six weeks, start introducing a bottle. So whether that's in between a feeding you're pumping or before you're going to bed you're pumping. Another thing you can even do is pump in place of a feed. So if your baby's eating every three hours, you can kind of like anticipate when the next feed will be and mm-hmm. pump and then you can give a bottle. Um, one of the things you said about, you know, which bottle, 
I usually recommend like the Lancinel, the Even Flow Balance, or Dr. Brown because you want a smaller um, bottle. You want kind of like a cone shape. So a lot of people, a lot of times will be like, oh, I have the Como Tomo. And like, yeah, they advertise it as breast-like, but that base is so wide. It's like, how does your baby latch around that? Um, So don't get fooled by advertising. That's my, that's my tip on this topic. Um, But really (laughs) trying to find the time to introduce that bottle um, is great too, because then it takes the load off you. Like your husband can help support, give a bottle, you can take a shower or go get your nails done, you know? So it's giving you that kind of freedom a little bit, but the toll of pumping can make you know, make or break you. And then you're sitting there staring, like how many ounces did I get out? Um, So if you're on that path and you want to pump, I say meet with a lactation consultant, have them size you. Um, Flange size is key. It's not like one size fits all. 90% of the time, I think the flanges that, you know, the big companies they provide are way too big for the moms. So meet with the lactation consultant, get that sizing down and then have them come up with a plan that works for you whether it's first thing in the morning, at night, like I said, whenever convenient for you, and then kind of slowly introduce that. Um, I love that. I love that you laid it out that way, but I want to see, like, give an example, like, so mom, maybe with, you know, twins, right. And kind of looking at that and like a schedule that way, like, is she, is that someone like who might come to you maybe a little bit more of like needing a little bit more help? Like, okay, yeah, I'm not making enough. I'm not pumping enough. Okay. Now what do I do? Just kind of that. I feel like that's a very mm-hmm. typical situation or just even a first time mama yeah. who is going back to work at four weeks, just like you said, is freaking out. It's day three. She's asking us if she can start pumping. We always encourage exactly what you're saying. We really want to wait four to six weeks, you know, to really get established that breastfeeding, you know, relationship right. again. And then before you, you know, introduce the bottle, but again, they feel pressure. They want to have, you know, a freezer full of milk supply, just back right. up. And then they're saying that they, they're not making enough. So what would you say to a mom right. in that situation? Just because that's, that's so common. Yeah. yeah. It's so, it's so common. And like back to the social media thing, like everybody's posting, like, look how many ounces I made, you know, like that's not normal. People are like producing large amounts. Normally a typical pump session is like two to four ounces. So if you're producing more than that, you probably have what's called oversupply. And so why I don't recommend pumping if it's not warranted in the first few weeks is because you can create oversupply. Um, so you're like feeding the baby and then you're pumping and you're telling your body like, Hey, I have another baby to feed. So you brought up twins, which is a really good example. Um, your body is going to know what they need. If the mom's like, I have low supply. I know it. I've been to a lactation consultant. We've done weighted feeds. Then they would probably put her on like a three step where she's, um, feeding and then pumping after each feed. So Mm -hmm. to like truly increase it. But I think to speak to that too, there's such this like perceived idea of low milk supply. People, again, don't understand. They don't get educated before. So like the cluster feeding, when does, when do normal growth spurts happen? If you know that and your baby's cluster feeding, it's going to make sense. Whereas a mom who didn't get that prenatal education, she's going to be like, I don't have enough milk. My baby's eating 12 times in a day. Something's wrong. Um, And that's not the case at all, you know? So I think a lot of it is just education and like, Mm -hmm. Hey, do you truly have a milk supply issue or do you just feel like this because X, Y, Z? Um, so my advice or non-medical advice would be to (laughs) 
get lactate, get a lactation consultant, go, go do a weighted feed, kind of see what's happening. And is it true low supply? Or is it just this idea that you're not matching up to your bestie who just had a 10 pound baby, you know, so every situation is so different. Um, does that kind of touch on the twins? I went way Absolutely. off topic on the I, twins. I love even no. just the idea of a 10 pound baby and the requirements of that 10 pound baby would Versus, need rather yeah. than the 6.8 you know, right. sure. was born at 39, For 38 sure. weeks. So yeah. absolutely. That's a, a awesome example. But I think it's not that everything yeah. comes back to hiring a lactation consultant, but it might, <laughs> everything might return to, but I will say not, you know, not, but everyone. don't compare yourself too. I right. think that's the biggest exactly. thing is like, we get so caught up in like what everybody else is doing and like what they're, how much their baby's eating, but like, is your baby good? Is your baby pooping, peeing, gaining right. weight? Then yes, right. then it's okay. Right. Take a deep breath. Like motherhood's already hard enough as it is. Like let's not make it harder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I want to touch on real quick because you brought it up briefly, <laughs> but I think we need to make a bigger point about this. You said a typical okay. pumping yes. session would be two to four ounces. And that is very Correct. encouraging. Because you see on Instagram, a woman getting six, seven, eight ounces from one side. And you're like, first of all, you better be freezing that into like four different bags because that are, that's multiple breastfeeding sessions. But also just the importance of one, paste bottle feeding, which maybe you could go into that a little yeah. bit more, especially for caregivers. So mama is going back to work, pumping, leaving baby, getting, let's say, four ounces every session, which is incredible. But if baby is eating every three hours, they need about three ounces, right? Maybe four ounces. And so I think just like, if you wouldn't mind, I know that's probably a little off topic, but going into that, because especially when a caregiver is taking or a mother-in-law or grandparent or an amazing whoever, husband, they maybe don't understand partner, and they're trying to give a baby an eight ounce bottle and that baby's guzzling it down and then crying because now their stomach is upset and now they're, they are gassy, but then they also want more because you fed them that bottle in five minutes. And it's like just that kind of like that domino effect. So if you wouldn't mind touching on that, I would love it. I think that'd be very helpful. (laughs) It would be good. It's our biggest thing in postpartum. Like we are, we are really, really trying to teach and we're like, bring in whoever is going to be you know, with baby, like when you go yeah. back to work, is it mom, is it mother-in-law, is it husband, is it neighbor, please bring them and we'll teach them. Because it's pace. really hard mm-hmm. for mama to teach her mother. Like, actually, mama, we're going to do it. Th- you know, you don't have to call your mom, mama, but <laughs> <laughs> sorry guys. Actually, mom, we're going to feed the baby this way. This is how we pace feed. And it's almost like a rewiring because right. they have an idea of how they maybe formula fed or breastfed, but through a bottle. And it was that tip over the eight and five minutes, baby's still hungry. We need more. So mm-hmm. such a problem. That's, we love that. <laughs> yeah, that's such a good point. I'm glad you brought that up. That's huge, right? Um, and yeah. going back to like the pumping, the stress of pumping and how that can, you know, affect So pace bottle feeding is when you're holding that bottle horizontally, you're slowing the baby down. Um, I usually recommend like a slow flow nipple. So definitely slowing the baby down and mimicking the amount of time the baby's at the breast. Um, I always give analogy of like, if you've ever chugged a soda, you probably don't feel great after you chug it because the carbonation, you're chugging it so quickly and then your stomach's like, oh, I didn't like that. Um, it's the same thing for them. You're chugging the bottle. They don't want to chug their bottle. They want to like enjoy their meal. 
Um, so that's a very good point. I'm stoked that you brought it up because I feel like not enough, even like in our community, I feel like sometimes doulas, they don't even know either. And I'm like, this is such a big thing that can make such a big difference. Um, so just again, back to that education of pace bottle feeding. But yes, I love your point too of bringing whoever is going to be taking care of the baby. Our generation, I feel like we're a little bit more aware of like what our parents did. And so the parents come in, they're like giving the bottle, you know, upright and the baby's like chugging in 30 seconds. And then um, I see this a lot with daycare too. They'll, They'll take the kids to daycare and they're like, oh, the baby like ate four ounces in three minutes. You need more milk. And then it's putting the stress on the mom that they need to make more milk. But in reality, four ounces is what your baby should be taking. Your milk's constantly changing, right? The contents of your milk are going to be altering at all points of life for your child. So that volume's pretty much going to be the same. Um, but paste bottle feeding can really make a huge difference. So very good. Very good topic. So cute. <laughs> it I love, I'm so passionate about like all like our like mamas and the families we work with. I'm like sending them paste bottle feeding references and resources. I'm like, learn this now so that yeah. when we have a postpartum visit and you're feeling a bit overwhelmed or you want to go on a date, that you already know all of this because yeah, uh, lactation and breastfeeding is so important to us and to the families that we serve. It's huge. So thank you for touching on that. Absolutely. I appreciate it. You, you did mention um, some of the bottles. Is there any, um, and then the nipples and you kind of said that, but is there any pumps Mm -hmm. that you, you said Lantino even flow and Dr. Brown's. And the bottles, right? For bottles. Um, yeah. Is there any uh, pumps right now that you are just, especially I'd say most mamas who are pumping are most of them are the ones returning to work. So most of them are wanting a hands-free on the go style pump. Yeah. Um, yep. I would sometimes when I, back in the day, I did bring my Spectra in the car with me and I pumped that way mm-hmm. with like a, yeah. Hands- wasn't great for sure but hey it was giant and they brought it around like you a made microwave. it work it works it works <laughs> like a microwave it just huge. Your head. <laughs> yeah it was huge it was huge <laughs> but yeah any any favorites on that end um so to that point right so there's you have like the hospital grade which are like spectra and medella those are usually my top two i recommend so if you are going back to work and you have a moment where you can sit down which by the way insert um little asterisk here um you can and it's a law you can pump as many times at work for as long as you want it's a law they have to protect your right um so if your boss is giving you a hard time you just let them know hey it's my right i get to pump at work for as long as i want up to a year so that's number Mm -hmm. one um but the pumps i love usually are spectra and medela because they're that stronger efficient motor But the hands-free ones are great because especially if you have moms of multiples or moms on the go, the only problem is the motor is not the same. So a lot of times I see, um, for example, moms use the LV and they feel like they don't get as much output as they normally do with their spectra. And that's just because they can't physically make the same motor. Um, For wearable hands-free, I've actually seen a lot of success with Willow Go. It's like their cheaper version of the pump, but it actually, the motor's a lot better. So the suction strength's a little bit stronger. Um, So I've seen pretty good success with Willow Go if you're looking for a hands-free one. That's awesome. Yeah, that is helpful. And then then just to go back on that too with the pump, even if you do a hands-free, you still have to have the right flange size. Yes. 
Yes, so important. Absolutely. One thing. I oh, as I say, the willow go. I don't think that's um. Is it covered by insurance? Is that one depending? Actually, do you know, depending on your insurance, sometimes um, okay. some are like upgrades. Um, most yeah. of the hands free are not completely covered though. Yep, they LB's are an upgrade. the only one that I have seen yeah. that has been consistently covered, which you don't want it because it's not the best. <laughs> um, but that's what I've seen. I know it's hard, but the spectrum though. It's so hard. It's, and, and you know what? I always say too, like something's better than nothing. So if you can at least pump nice. and like attempt it, then great. But remember, if you're not removing the milk, then you're putting yourself at risk for the clogged ducts, which can lead to mastitis. So I usually say if you're pumping like four sessions, try and at least use one with like the Spectra or Medela. If you're getting yeah, some that's complete good. emptying. Yeah. What do you think about the like um just hand pump? That's great too. I think it's really mm-hmm. personalized to like what you respond best to. Some moms mm-hmm. I can see them like using that manual pump, the Medela one, they get out like four ounces in five minutes. So it just depends yeah. on kind of what you respond best to. Yeah. Cool. And again, phalange mm-hmm. size for that. They had the little inserts yep. to for a lot yep. of those little silicone inserts, right? Yeah. You need to put <laughs> yeah. them in there. Love it. And sorry, guys, for all the slobber sounds. He's just chewing and <laughs> sucking. And my shoulder is, you know, Niagara Falls over here. So <laughs> it's happening. Oh, my God. We, we we have been talking a lot. We've had a couple of just recent um, journeys with some mamas just on the topic of uh, weaning. And uh, maybe it's mit- not baby-led actual like weaning, but it's mama-led weaning. And Uh-oh. you okay? Okay. Just a lot of slobber. We'd love to kind of look at weaning <laughs> with you and like what that, <laughs> what that looks like. And maybe like I'd obviously, again... Like we were saying, not medical advice and every journey is going to be different, whether mama's pregnant, whether mama, whether baby's two and a half, or whether baby's six months, like there's so many variables, obviously, uh, but just oh, a topic that is not covered a lot is just weaning in this kind of the direction and maybe just some principles that you rely on, not of course, like curating a care plan for someone, but right. just principles that you might rely right. on of like the weaning journey. Um, and then maybe specifically we could go into like, Maybe a mama who's pregnant who doesn't want a tandem nurse, um, and maybe baby okay. isn't fully ready, but maybe just some principles that you could rely on, or maybe just some tidbits. Yeah. Tricks. Tricks yeah. of the trade. <laughs> Tricks of the trade. Well, definitely weaning has to be both parties. Both parties have to be on board. So it's really hard right. when you have like a baby who's ready to wean and the mom's not, or vice versa. Um, either way, like no matter the situation, I'm always going to promote like gentle weaning, right? We want to do it gently. We don't just want to like stop and be like, see ya. Um, and I really do encourage baby led weaning, you know, it's great for them to learn like portion control, start getting bite sizes on their own. Um, but that doesn't mean that's the right way for you and your family, right? If you want to do purees and go that route, that's great too. Or if you want to go straight to solids with the baby led weaning, you can do that too. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's really about like exploring different options and tastes and textures. So you kind of, you know, follow their flow and what they're showing you they like um, regarding like pregnant and breastfeeding. So when you get pregnant, your hormones change. So a lot of the times the babies actually kind of start naturally weaning anyways, because the milk tastes different. So 
typically that happens kind of on its own. And then the more you offer solids, purees, then they kind of get used to that too. Um, but yeah, it's definitely very individualized on what you want to do and where you want to go. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. It was a hard one. I was going to say that um, for like night weaning, just because um, I'm in the process of possibly beginning that with my daughter. What are some things like, do you recommend? And again, I know this is really hard. Like, I'm not trying to like put you in spot, like, tell me what to do and tell every mom what to do. But in the generalized perspective, like, do you start with like, one, dropping one night a feed or do you encourage like and then let that be for a little bit and then you drop two nights and then you let that kind of settle and, and like how do you kind of go about that it's just a very general way of weaning during the night and then I know we have to wrap this yeah up. um so just like I said depends on like what your goal is what you're going to end up doing so like let's say if your baby's not eating during the night like they're not waking you up because like they're hungry then you can drop that right so I usually mm -hmm. say start with one and then hand express a comfort. Um, you don't want to be completely okay. emptying because the more you empty, you're telling your body like, hey, make that milk still. We still need it. So right. if you could give your body like one session. So like, you know, for example, if someone who's like completely wants to stop, let's just say for purpose of explaining. Right. Um, you want to start with one. You don't want to do a bunch, right? So if you stop all at once, your body's going to be like, whoa, what's happening here? So I typically recommend cutting one, hand expressing the comfort, and then give that like a couple days, see how your body responds. If your body's good and you feel like you're not full, you're not getting any clogged ducts, then move to the next session. Um, typically, like the late afternoons are a good one. I never start with the morning or the bedtime because those are typically the two that I recommend doing last. <laughs> right, right. Those are the comfort too. So helpful. Yes. Ashley, thank you so much. Thank you for giving up your time and chatting with us. We You're really welcome. enjoyed it. I thought this was so amazing and helpful and informative. Before we wrap up, would you let us know where can our listeners find you? Yes. Um, I do a lot on Instagram. I do a lot of education. I share a lot of the products I recommend there. So typically, if you want to know details, um, Instagram, or you can search. <laughs> it's making the episode exciting. <laughs> yes, everyone's like, what is happening with that baby? <laughs> that would be momhood. Um, mm -hmm. So I'm on Instagram. <laughs> um, Instagram at Ashley Shapiro Lactation. Um, or you can check out my website at AshleyShapiroLactation.com. Amazing. Thank you so much. You are so wonderful. And we so enjoyed oh this gosh. conversation. Thanks Church really enjoyed me. it too. Thank Church, you. Church, you were the MVP. <laughs> He's like, I've had poop in my pants for 25 minutes, you guys. So I apologize for our little, our little guest. <laughs> but thank you so much, Ashley. We really appreciate your time. You're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for listening to another episode of Hey Mama. We're so thankful you decided to join us today and we hope you go forward in your day feeling encouraged and seen. Here are a few ways you can connect with our community and support the show. The first way is to share the show with a friend via text or Instagram. You can follow and leave a review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And finally, follow us on Instagram at 4 Birth. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next week for another episode.